Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatech compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Simmer down with John Simpson. Brady Kachuk with the tip. His 100th goal in his 300th game, and it's a Gordie Howe hat trick to tie it. The sickest Ottawa Senators podcast. It's going to be sick. Well, good morning, and or I guess say good afternoon, a little Monday here in the nation's capital. For any of our listeners, any of our viewers, hopefully you're enjoying a little Remembrance Day, taking an opportunity to remember our great soldiers, our great heroes. Always a proud note to be Canadian, of course, celebrating on Saturday. And I think for a lot of people, uh, maybe settling in, even had a couple of listeners talking about being home with the family, getting the Christmas tree. I think that's a little premature. Uh, I think that's more of, and I go by American rules, a little bit more of American Thanksgiving next week. Then you can get ready to rock and roll as far as Christmas goes, but we're certainly in the festive season. We're talking all things Ottawa Senators after the weekend. Of course, the Sens of Touchdown in Sweden, where they'll have a two-game set later in the week. So lots to touch on that, and let's welcome back our good, uh, I guess we'll call him what, works four days a week. Mr. Justin Murray had the good Friday off and a yeah, nice long exactly. weekend there. How you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. It's a little snowy here in uh, just outside the Pentos, but uh, yeah. we're all pretty good. Yeah, North Manatech, I was kind of expecting. We're in the transition of one of my winter tires had a flat, uh, so I've got to get that fixed, and we're going to switch the tires over, uh, but still not that big of a deal. Now, what's the uh, the Quebec law? Is it November 15th? You got to have those bad boys on? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, well, do you got her done? I, I do not. I do not. Oh, okay. I don't drive a ton anymore, so it's only no, I bet it. the shovel. Yeah. That's about it. Not yeah. like and are, 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 they pretty, are they pretty strict about that? Like, if you don't do it, are you going to get caught, or what's going on? Uh, what, what is it? If you have an Ontario license plate, you'll definitely get caught. But uh, Oh, you'll, so they'll, they'll, they'll ding you yeah. for sure. Yeah, right? if you're a Quebecer, they might uh, let you go here. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, that transition we get into, it comes awfully quickly and also kind yeah. of a timing. Uh, first of all, I, I know you've traveled a ton. I think that's where we both can relate. We are going to at 1220 have Mark Mathot on. And when we do have guests on, going to do the show a little bit different. Not going to turn it into uh, a Q&A necessarily with the guests that we have this week, Justin. We'll talk about, and today, hey, you've been to Sweden, you've traveled. Uh, talk about the weekend with the Sands. I might even throw in a little Dale Hunter talk, who you're very well versed on, both from family to London Knights. Uh, of course, Mark, Mark ended up playing for Dale uh, in London and is the second most winningest coach in OHL history behind yeah. Brian Kilray. So pretty cool. So we'll toss around some different things with meth and uh, yeah, kind of 
I guess from a sense perspective, Justin, interesting because Thursday was pretty exciting. You beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. People always fired up. We have the show for our Thursday. Uh, they end up beating or losing to Vancouver. And then kind of a mixed bag for Calgary. It was almost like they won, but it was another typical Sens week, I guess, to my point, where a bit of a roller coaster, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody's pumped as they wake up on this yeah. Monday morning and see their favorite hockey team uh, hitting the ice in Stockholm. No, I mean, it's kind of went how we talked about on the pod. Uh, if you got two or three to kind of get you back on track, that Vancouver game was a tough game. They're, they're here yeah. waiting on you. A lot of emotion to, to beat Toronto, and then you come back. Um, and that's a so that's always a tough game to win. So two of three, happy with. It looks like they're getting more back on track. Uh, I mean, I think mm -hmm. we just have to chirp people on the pod, and they'll score a goal <laughs> or get a point. And uh, oh, that always. Do. That, how many times when you're how many times when you're oh, scouting though, yeah. you're talking to a guy next to you like, oh man, that guy's just horseshit as a player, yeah. and then sure enough, he'll yeah. score. Or I find social media social media is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, or you bring in the, the GM finally gets to come watch your guy play, or oh, yeah. and then he's just a dog. Like, it, oh, <laughs> you yeah. just hang your head in shame. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure back in the day, Brian must have given you a few nudges, right? Of you know, yeah. this is the, yeah, I wasted all my time to come out of the office and then end up going to watch a guy. Now we will say historically, I think I was at the game. You're probably there as well, or yeah. maybe had I don't know if you had started scouting. Still remember him going to watch Huberto and Pajot. And that okay, was kind of yeah. the big story, right? About how much yeah. Huberto put on a show, great St. John team with Gerard Glant. And it was actually J.G. Pajot yeah. who uh, kind of grabbed yeah. the floor and ended up being a real that, nice pick for Otto, a nice player. Yeah, I think that happened in Anaheim too when uh, they went to go watch Corey Perry. I know my dad was a big fan as well, but yeah. I think Brian just said, well, he's the best player on the F and Ice. You might as well just yeah. take him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, always uh, very blunt and very quick. Yeah. And sometimes from a scouting standpoint, as you know, you're out in the field all the time. Uh, you see so much. You have so much information. At some point, you just yeah. got to get basically to. Uh, so just from your sense side, as I said, uh, thoughts on uh, the timing of the trip, going to Sweden. Is it a good thing? Uh, I mean, thoughts on how to travel. I know 2017, they won both games. They came yeah. back to Shane. They played against and Pittsburgh. Then it just yeah. turned into an absolute gong yeah. show. I mean, uh, would you recommend, now, not as a player, but just from a scouting standpoint, going over November um, is this something that's ideal for a team that's trying to find its way in the auto senators I mean it, it, it's interesting to see what will happen I think if you go back to all the teams that have gone overseas kind of mid-year uh, yeah I don't think their season ends up going as good as they wanted it to um, <laughs> yeah. it's tough it's tough but uh, this could be a good little reset here um, you just gotta I mean it is what it is you have to just now <laughs> use it to yeah. your advantage and, and just kind of hope you the guys are together for a while and come back uh, you know hopefully you get two wins and then come back more as a team right yeah uh, like and I think I, I think schedule wise Justin they're setting it up I don't recall last yeah. time I don't remember them arriving on a Monday yeah. which yeah. certainly gives you a lot of time as you're playing on a Thursday Saturday come back you have a bit of a reset but I've always went to this ended up happening and I think too often this is where executives get involved who doesn't love going to Stockholm it's absolutely gorgeous now I don't recommend going in November weather about the same as here um, sunsets around 3 30 so to me it's kind of long days and there we have a nice little forecast to look at. So like I said, it's super far north, but it's not crazy. No. But I still looked at this when it happened and thought, forget about 2017. What is the benefit? And if Ottawa's sitting right now with the Boston Bruins record, I'd still be kind of saying, okay, you're off to this incredible start. When they signed up for it, I just looked at it and said, okay, honestly, and I'll say that to you, Justin, what is the benefit of in the middle of a season? It's been a great schedule so far, not your best record. Yeah. What in God's name is the purpose of ending up in Stockholm, Sweden, six hours ahead for a two-game yeah. set in the middle of November? 
No, I agree. I agree. I think it's yeah. it should be more for kind of rebuilding teams. I, I know it's hard to go into the when you're yeah. booking those those, it's hard to know who that's going to be or oh for sure or for whatever, sure. but but it, but it's it, usually it's the teams tough. that sign up, right? Ottawa won two thousand seventeen money didn't have to go this money. time. I mean the money. league would have been fine. Yeah. yeah, money. It's yeah. But but how uh, much and, and, that but that I would be interesting thing too, because it's Ottawa's home games that they're selling off. Yeah, I, exactly. I, that's that's it, why. And it, I I would say with the new owner, it's going to happen less, especially yeah, after yeah. he if if it affects the players like it like it has in the past. I think he'll naturally um, want to do less of those. Yeah, um, but yeah, but, I exactly. Mean, it's good for the brand, I guess. But yeah. but it's it's tough coming coming home is is going to be difficult. Your your next your next game or two, you're going to be. He, probably jet lagged and tired so yeah yeah it's supposed to be an hour for each day uh, i always found yeah. it a much tougher going over uh yeah. now a fortunate thing for them and i saw where they practice today i think it's real nice when you as you know the direct flight you get over there yeah you're able to kind of get and again they're focusing on hockey uh, as far as the bonding and we'll get into it and certainly dj smith I, hey what any quote that he has at this point Justin's going to catch your attention right yeah and the one that i kind of looked at and was kind of weird i understand some of the bonding part you can get over have a bit of fun it's certainly a work trip and for every player well, i think we're fortunate but there's dj's quote right there i i just this is kind of weird that there's an idea that and i know they'll have some practice time but it's not like all of a sudden they're going to be working the guys through and having a bag skate but this idea that they're going to go over there and suddenly find their game and fine tune and it's almost like a you know this magical trip to sweden and they're going to roll back and all of a sudden they're going to be playing with intention to yeah. detail i'm kind of like well what, what is the process here like you know this isn't a retreat in the preseason where you're working on things don't you find that a little odd that the coach is saying that head into a two-game set and then coming back and i've also we'll put up a little bit later i don't need the stand the, the, the schedule right now i also asked the people over the weekend like to get serious about this hockey team at, at some point you have to look at a four or five game run justin do you not like this idea if you win one you lose one there's a close one that roller coaster we've been on for a long time for the ottawa center so from dj smith's perspective just thoughts on that quote that yeah. suddenly I that they're going to magically clean things up and look so much better when they return back to Canada. Yeah. I think he's just trying to take a negative and turn it into a positive. Really? Um, yeah. There's not much else he can really say, um, <laughs> but, uh, but you're right. I think they need to get, we need some consistency here, game in and game out. Um, yeah. We we know what, how they can play when they're playing well. And, and when their lineups a little more full, um, we know that they can do well. Um, I like, you know, one goal against, I think if we keep the goals down, we harp on this, but if we keep the goals down and continue that, uh, this team can score enough. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and there's different lines firing right now too. So, um, yeah. I, I think if they really emphasize on that, um, that will be the biggest, uh, help for them. Yeah, and I also, as you go through the lines, I, I never thought coming into a season, and you look at common denominators, and people see the switch into the lines, thoughts on a Stutzla all of a sudden switching around. Well, the common denominator, and I think one of the MVPs for the Ottawa Center so far this year would end up being Matthew Joseph. That yeah, common denominator start. was Joseph with Greg and Tarasenko, all of a sudden a switch off. Now, Joseph, of all people, ends up popping it on the line with Stutzla. Uh, they switch things around a little bit, and there it is once again, where they're looking really good, and an opportunity with a Claude Giroux, his play, his purpose. And then I also always wonder, Justin, in watching him, why he ever played his off wing. 
you talk about natural on the left side and just mm -hmm. everything he's doing is exactly. And when I focus and I talk to people all the time about, hey, look at top nines. But the other part that Tampa does and a lot of teams do, you build duos, right? You put a duo together and then you find a worker. You don't have yeah. to have three of the same. And, and that's where I think certainly I call it the TNT line. Certainly yeah. Chuck Norris along with Tarasenko. But on that particular line, it is perfect, Justin. You have the intelligence of a Stutzlo, the speed along with Giroux. But that workmanlike feel that yeah. Joseph ends up having on the four check has been the perfect thing. Yeah. And I guess also speaks to Ottawa missing some of those players to kind of shift around with some of the duos and try to complement a little bit better. Because actually right now, I don't even call it the second line. I'll call it the first line, Stutzel line. But it's actually the first and fourth lines that are clicking and second and third just kind of finding their way centered by uh, uh, Norris and, and uh, Yarvente. Yeah, I, I obviously I think you wish there was another center iceman in there that would kind of and I, I like your venti. I just you know it's hard to be you can, he'll have games where he's good, but it's hard to be consistent again at that at that age and uh, where yeah. he's at. Um, in terms of Joseph, I think I just the speed and the getting in on the forecheck and backing guys off just kind of opens things up even a little more for them. And those guys getting an, an extra second, you know, yeah. Stutzel and Drew, they're just going to make you pay on, on, on a lot of shifts and, and they possess the puck. Um, you know, even something like winning faceoffs uh, on Saturday, it just allowed them oh, to yeah. have the puck more. And, and they're, they're a better team, obviously, when that, yeah. whenever that's the case, you know. And, and even and a also, guy like Batherson, I, I, you know, chirped a little bit, got in on the forecheck there. That, yeah. that shift was old Batherson that I saw, you know. <laughs> so we need, we need that more consistently. I don't know yeah. if he's listening or not. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, uh, that, was, that was good to see. So um, obviously, it's, it's tough to get all four lines firing at once. Um, but I think, I think you add, you know, once you're back healthy, add a Pinto or Greg in there, you might have three out of four and, and things are looking good. Oh yeah. And, and that's all you're asking for at the end of the day is end up having a top nine. I don't think it's that big of a deal yeah. to try to mix that in. No, you want to a little bit of cohesion, a little bit of mixing around the lines, find how it ends up working and Hey, it ends up being a long year. Uh, mm -hmm. also to that, I've got to think Justin, as you go through and, and back for myself, 1987, first time I'd ever gone to Europe, forget about hockey. I know Mark Mathot wasn't exactly part of the selection program. So he may have gone a little later along with mm -hmm. going with the Ottawa senators, how nice is it as you go through the cross-section of players from Ottawa, most of the guys are high-end Canadians. Any of the Americans were part of the uh, uh, development program. And then obviously Europeans are Europeans, but I think you'd be pretty short list now of guys that have not, even just via hockey in the wintertime, traveled over to Sweden. And Sweden isn't like going to Russia, and even Russia now isn't what it used to be under the old Iron, Iron Curtain. But I would assume that the transition for a lot of guys, it's about 6.15, you're sitting down for a little Swedish meatball, maybe a couple of pops right now. The Transition's got to be that much easier for a lot of these players. Whereas, you know, for scouts that have never gone, players that have never gone, half of it is the pissing and moaning and not being able to sleep and everybody being in a bad mood for the first couple of times they've yeah. gone to Europe or, or not liking some of the food. And I don't want no pickled herring. I don't like this. I don't like that. Ends up being a lot of complaining where I don't think the modern day hockey player has to worry about that too much. No, I think that's all out the window. I think uh, they're going to make this as easy on them as possible. Um, the flight, uh, how they're sitting, how they're laying, everything yeah. will just be good. All the meals will be good. And like you said, Sweden's so close. Like it's the, one of the closest spots to like how Canada is here. So um, yeah. there'll, there'll be no there'll be no issues. You just hope that they're uh, behaving themselves if they want to win some games because they could. Oh, uh, exactly. Yeah, they, you can get caught up in the nightlife. 
Yeah. Nightlife and the other and part the, and the girls there. So yeah. Oh um, yeah. No. And then, and then the other part too, and anyone that's traveled basically, listen, pretty simple, six hours. If I decide to go out at 10, a, 10 PM Stockholm time, well, I'll tell you what, arriving at four or 5 AM is the same as being back home. So mm-hmm. you can get yourself into a pretty nasty thing. Now from a scouting standpoint, I said to people on social media today, one of the beautiful parts for me, Justin, people would say my late great boss, Jack button, when you get over there, try to stay up. I'm like, no, listen, man. I remember my first time actually it was in Sweden, Northern Sweden. Then next time was Helsinki ain't a chance that's happening the minute I can get to my hotel I am going to sleeping I'm waking up at 4 p.m I'm gonna all of a sudden get ready go to the game now the beautiful part in 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 Europe for the most part games are at six o'clock so I got my six o'clock tilt it will be over I calculate every time I go gonna be over at 8 15 exactly on the button I got my game over. Now I'm going to go have a nice bite to eat. And then all of a sudden I'm going to go slam some beers, hang out with the guys, probably go back to the room at whatever time. Then if your team's playing, you follow your game and you're either in a good mood or a bad mood. Then 6 a.m. breakfast rolls around. Now I am there first in line, ready to rock and roll. Anybody that knows the breakfast in Europe is incredible. You go down there and you just pig out sandwiches, eggs, whatever it takes, Justin. Then around 6.30, I've slid back into my room and the wake-up call is going to be about 1.30. I'm going to sleep mm-hmm. completely till then and then I'll wake up and decide, you know what? Do I need to hit the gym? Of course I do. Can I hit the gym? Well, that's a whole different question. Yeah. But we will do that for the day and then we'll repeat that. But we are scouts. We are not finely tuned athletes. It is interesting to see how the athletes adapt to that. And I think one of the toughest parts, Justin, for them is quite simply figuring out your darn body clock 100 and i gotta think that there's more um not yeah i guess research in a sense you know the nfl is going yeah. over there and stuff too so so i'm sure they're the league and the teams are talking to um people that have done this more often yeah. as well so can you so imagine think, do you imagine dealing with the nfl players and the whining nothing. that would come from them and as americans yeah. like that's the part and, and i hear people talking about well the nfl will expand to europe one time I'm like listen if you think that you're going to put a bunch of americans and their families over in europe you might as well do a reality show on all the complaining they're going to do nobody wanting to play there i can't even imagine we're hockey players as we know especially canadians america well the american players uh, able to adapt so easily right kind of dive into the whole thing look at this as pretty cool i guess one of the unfortunates justin after having alfie having carlson no disrespect to forsberg too bad his name isn't peter uh no disrespect to branstrom and i see it's very nice that they've brought along the defenseman larson as well not exactly a star-studded swedish no, group no. for the ottawa centers at this point right after no. years and years of having a couple of big time household names yeah i agree um it's it's different so I, I think that there'll be probably a little more Detroit fans. Um, and then I'm yeah. sure Ottawa will have yeah. more than Minnesota. But but who knows? It, 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 things change like that, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know how it is in Europe. I, I don't know if they kind of follow who the big guys are in the league for their country yeah. or if they stick to yeah. a team or not. But uh, I knew I, there used to be a ton of Swedish Ottawa fans, and for good reason. Oh, um, yeah. I'm just not sure if, if that has lasted yeah, and it's also funny traveling over there. Every country is different, but what I usually tracked was who were the big Stanley Cup teams. Initially, for me, it ended up being Pittsburgh. Then it was Detroit. Then it was Colorado. Then it transitioned to different ones. What was also interesting, though, I will say, and 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 Carlson is tough to gauge because that's a little bit of a different era. But the one thing that people, I think, could appreciate and understand Daniel Alfredson's profile when he was in Sweden wasn't nearly as big as it was in Ottawa. Less in my, in my estimation, Justin, no. in the sense of 
here's a player that was a later draft pick, played in Gothenburg, came over. But my, oh my, when you went over there, I, I kind of call it the big three and there were a whole bunch more. But at the end of the day, it was all about Forsberg, all about Sunday and all about Lidstrom. That was the face of Swedish hockey. They were like rock stars. And then Alfie and some other players, that was also, I think you'd agree, the golden generation, right? And thank yeah. God they actually won something. Because after the disaster that happened in 2002, if that group had not squeaked through, and the unfortunate common denominator for quite a few of these guys are some of the great players, uh, like a Lundqvist, like an Alfie, um, like a Matt Sundin, they never won a Stanley Cup. So the no. 2006 gold medal was such a big deal to at least say something came from that generation of, I think, would you agree with, at least for our, our the, the greatest wave of Swedish hockey players we've ever seen. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I think Alfie probably got more respect later in his career after yeah, people you sure. know got to continue to watch him and, and really understand what type of player he was. Um, and And... Yeah, it was a great generation. Um, it, it's hard to win Stanley Cups now. Um, oh, yeah. Back, yeah. Like, you know, it's a lot of the same teams that have won. Um, and so that means less players have won in general. So um, obviously he had a great career, but that winning that gold medal and, you know, Europeans, that 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 is huge oh, for them, right? So yeah. uh, that's that's probably bigger than a Stanley Cup um, in for some of them. So yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it's changed some, Justin, but I agree with you. And I know people didn't want to talk it back in the day, but I remember having a player and people yeah. old school. It's Cali Johansson, but at that time, playing for yeah, Sweden yeah. in the World Cup of Hockey and uh, playing at the World Championships and stuff like that, flat out was bigger. I think there's been a transition now, but let's be honest. If you go back to Sweden in the summer... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline time and you've won an olympic gold medal that is going to be remembered in a lot of places far more than you bring in a stanley cup back so like i said it's transitioned it's changed a little bit and you mentioned about players and we'll touch when mark mathot comes on talking about a guy like dale hunter you talk about great players that never won a stanley cup uh, the impact that they end up making on the national hockey league and like you said that, that does, that's certainly not a sign of uh, anything bad and there he is the legend the opportunity <laughs> and a, a little mark mathot how you doing on this monday meth it's weird hearing your voice simmer justin oh, by yeah? the way, good to see you on board here as well but yeah just it feels like i was listening to you on the radio just then just oh, sitting okay, backstage yeah. so it's it's awesome to be here and uh fired up yeah and i also wanted to like i, I thought if, if meth is coming on on a monday here i need to put on like a led zeppelin shirt you know where you're <laughs> as, a, as a 50 plus you're trying to transition into being something cool what do you got on that bad boy because that's the other side i don't have my glasses on right now what do you Guns got and roses yeah, Guns and Roses, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, you see, you're able to pull that off a little bit better. I'm like, man, I got to find something here. I'll probably be down on Rito Street some point later this week buying up concert t-shirts. The yeah, there's... The whites. The, the white so, sleeve one, like, it, it, I don't know, and Justin's a bit younger, Beth, but when I was in high school, if you rolled into high school with that real concert shirt, like, you had actually been to the concert with that bad boy on, like, you were one of the coolest people on campus at that point. It, it, well, I, and I never had the post-secondary experience. I'm not the sharpest yeah, knife, true. obviously. But <laughs> yeah. um, I went, so I went to Dead Assad, which is downtown off Murray Street, coincidentally yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. And so I'd always have to, like, the, the, I don't know why I went to that high school. It was a great yeah. school, 
but it was like a 45 minute commute there and back. Obviously, you know, I'd have to come from Mooney's Bay oh, all the yeah. way to the Reno center, walk through the Reno center. My point is on Reno yeah. street, there's a store there called rock junction simmer. I'm sure yeah. you've, it, I don't know if it's still there. No, it's, it's on would, the bottom floor. It's on the bottom floor. Right. And they sell uh, sneakers yeah. and then they fill a bunch oh, no, of, no, no. Yeah. The oh. Rock Junction, though, wasn't attached to Rito Center. It was on the other side of Rito Street, right? So the same oh, side. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Was. They got, they got yeah. everything in there. It's yeah. everything in there. And so so they'd be cranking like Metallica, and I'd go in. And yeah. um, anyway, that's where we bought all our band shirts back in the day. So I'd have a yeah. couple System of a Down shirts and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you know the System of the Down? I, I hope I got this right because I do. I haven't done a Bourdain thing in a while. I believe he's Armenian, is he not? Yeah, yes. Uh, tank, yeah, yeah. Uh, Serge yeah. Tank, Tankian, Tankian. Oh man, he he had a he. I like what a cool guy. And his sign of as I'm trying to be cool. If you watch the Bourdain issue with him, he goes over to Armenian. First of all, he's a vegetarian, but he's all into it. But you watch him singing on stage, and he's like crazy, right? And yeah. and some of those, uh, and then you're seeing him, and you're like, is that really the same guy? Well, once he gets into his 40s and his 50s, he's going to be a little bit different, <laughs> eh? Than he ended up being then. Yeah. Yep. Very so we gotta we're gonna dive anyway. in, and as I as I said to the listeners, Meth, and and with Justin having a hockey background, one thing, and I know you do a ton of it. I didn't want to hop on. First of all, I like to talk, and I think you know that. So one of the real issues is I can't ask myself questions. So I thought it's a lot more fun if we just get on, chew the fat. Justin has yeah. a bit of a hockey, well, a great hockey family. Uh, he's done some traveling as a scout. So the first thing I want to tackle. Uh, we got to talk about the good old trip to Sweden, and we got to go back in oh, six years ago. And 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 first of all, this whole thing—if we set it up for 2017—this is coming off going to the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's utopian Ottawa. All of a sudden, the Mac Duchesne trade is not only made; it's made with the Avalanche, who you happen to be playing in both of the games over there. Take us through the trip itself, just just leading up. What was it like going over? What was kind of the feel leading up to the games as far as the crew? Well, I, well, I never, <clears throat> excuse me. I never went up with the boys. Right. So I, I got, I got a taste of the global series when I was in Columbus, um, okay, okay. Under, under Ken Hitchcock, but same situation though. Right. Like yeah, we okay. went over there and it was in Stockholm and, um, all I can remember, and there's an Ottawa tie to this quick story that the, the, the yeah. plane right there was a shit show. I mean, it was, okay. Okay. It was a little wild. Um, I was pretty subdued because I was still young trying to kind of get in there. And we had a, we, okay, I was one okay. of the rookies on the team. But my point is, we had Nikita Filatov at the oh, time. He was yeah. in, he had been, <laughs> he was so in Ottawa. Guns. He was, he was, he was a Columbus kid. And yeah. um, anyway, I, all I can remember was getting on the bus when we got off the plane. And Nikita, I think, had been drinking probably a little too much. Oh, geez, and he's yeah. walking down the steps to the bus. The bus is right uh -huh. in front of the plane. Ken Hitchcock yeah. is right on the right side of the bus facing the ramp coming down off the plane. And wow. Philly gets off right at the bottom of the stairs, just yak show everywhere, oh. like projectile. Oh, wow. And he's this kid, he's like, he's like 18 or 19 <laughs> yeah. or whatever he was. And he was a cocky kid too, right? Like he yeah, came yeah. over, a bit, bit of a chip on his shoulder. And won, anyway. Won the World Juniors too here in That's Ottawa, right. right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He was, yeah. He was so, feeling really good about yeah. himself. And uh, yeah. I can just remember looking at Hitch right away and just seeing the head shake. I was just like, oh, oh no. I, but, I, I, uh, thought we, I, yeah. I thought we were going to have more of the old, uh, there's a great clip of when Finland won the world championship and the goaltender who played for Atlanta, and names escaped me, but you know how hard they go. Yep. One of the best ones ever, he's Atlanta. walking down with the trophy and he, and he does the spill. But the beautiful part, and this is also, you got to recognize with, with old Philly not doing rebounds. And Justin, you can mm -hmm. agree with this. 
I always said one of the mo- the greatest parts about being shit face in Europe is it's, it's socially acceptable. Yeah. Like a good Finnish group, like if you're there with your company and your boss starts barfing all over and passes out the next day, it's carte blanche. Nobody cares. Like, it's like, Hey, you have a good night last night in North <laughs> America, the- in North America, like HR, HR is calling you. Chances are it's all through company email there. It's like, Hey man, do you have a good night last night? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but that's, that's the beauty. You don't know, like when you posted that little comment or the poll simmer about like the bender, yeah. like the different options oh, that the send should, yeah. you know, yeah. Every time you do that as a group, and I'm not I'm not advocating for drinking like a sailor when you're on the road, but wow. once in a while, if things aren't going very well, it's <laughs> as you just mentioned, the next morning oh. it's the stories. Yeah. Everyone's oh, laughing. Yeah. Guys, guys that typically don't speak to each other or maybe quieter oh, are now yeah. communicating. Like it's it, yeah. it's a real thing. So anyway. I agree with you. And, and Justin, one of the things I always found cool about going to Europe, either coming or going. Uh, you could pick which gate you were at without actually seeing the sign, right? I knew if I was flying to Moscow, Helsinki, sweet, not quite as much, but usually everybody in the Helsinki and Moscow gate was hammered and yeah. everybody going to Sweden, they were on their way, right? And then when you got on the plane, like they must have stocked extra booze, Justin, right? But you could tell everybody smoking and drinking. And and the beautiful part, which I really love to accept, their own cigarettes it, too. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what time though. Like you're coming back at 7 a.m. and you're feeling a bit guilty about having a beer and you're like, oh, yeah. Jesus, man, I'm not what's to be guilty about everybody here is drinking so you get on or justin don't you oh yeah i i was in uh estonia and helsinki has like a little ferry going back and forth and on fridays all the fins come over to estonia to drink because it's cheaper and it's just like an absolute oh. sideshow yeah <laughs> and they they don't mind a little they like to kind of find the ladies as well right this is not just I, a drinking I, no, no, and based all, on how much based on how much they drink i hope that they're going to the ladies before because yeah. i don't think there's enough viagra out there to get a performance going and hopefully there weren't hopefully some protection cooking too but that to me is always hilarious how they go over i always my buddy glennie hanlon told a great story about sammy hellenius he was over coaching in finland they did the same thing where they were partying all night going back to helsinki so glennie gets on the bus and he's thinking big sammy and the boys okay they'll go to bed well those freaking guys they got on the boat and they never stopped <laughs> and, and they arrive in helsinki and glennie's like well what's going on here and just an absolute crap show but culturally <laughs> and i'll say that meth if you, have you been over to finland meth for for some of the tournaments or anything world yeah world championship there yeah, yeah. and that's where and i think you could agree justin if there was ever in a real positive way climate kind of food and people now they're a little shyer in some senses, but I yeah. just felt like, man, oh man, these, these guys are so Canadian in a very quiet way, way right? Hardworking, just just great people. They share a they share a lot of similarities culturally, obviously to like Sweden for like all those Nordic countries do. They're they're they are yeah. different. I'm not saying they're the same, but I can yeah. remember with Columbus, we a bunch of our training staff were some. They were big fellas, like okay very overweight okay yeah. and they they own good it. american they, lads yeah. Eh? yeah yeah some guy and, and beauties great guys but but i remember after that first day at the rink the following day they were kind of talking about how the looks they were getting like like they weren't used to just people staring at them walking oh, down yeah. the sidewalk yeah. it's just like i said <laughs> you go there everyone's very well put together yeah. everyone's trim yeah. well-dressed like it's, oh, yeah. it is culturally yeah. a lot different than it is over here and i'm not just talking people and their health i mean just the way they put yeah. put themselves yeah. together everyone's yeah. dressed up it's very nice yeah. um it was it was a surprising change coming from canada yeah 
I, I, and, and Justin, you'd be the same. Now, first time I ended up going with my ex-wife, we went to Vienna. One of the telltale signs when we walked out of the hotel was we had running shoes on, yeah. and there oh. should have been a there should have been a spotlight on us. Like, yeah. And this is this is cobble. <laughs> these are cobblestone streets, but it's like, no, no, you can't be doing that. And and let's be honest as well, historically, and this is even when you go onto the Wall Martians, who can't pick up a big fat slob American anywhere? Like, there's a lot of telltale signs. It's not just that you're overweight. You're probably taking no pride in what you have on you well, you're probably rocking, have a team you're rocking like those nike monarchs or something oh yeah like, yeah and you probably got team team and- <laughs> yeah team issued gear right and yeah. you're walking around uh you're right they can take a lot of pride to what was your favorite country to go to justin when you were scouting uh i bratislava well i didn't go yeah. on many scouting trips i i did go to bratislava though because okay, yeah. all the yeah. scouts talk about it because the u18s were there every august and it's just it's you sit on the main uh dragon it's just a runway of uh yeah women going oh it is it is so cool yeah that very underrated little city uh that downtown area it's great and and first time i went there was for the world junior 87 was different then you flew to vienna and i remember one of the last times i went there i'm getting my passport all ready to go and then you realize well times have changed uh it's part of the european union so don't have to worry about that now let's get to a subject here meth and kind of cool timing wise, because of course you tie back to the pitcher in the back. And I look to that bench, and I'm going to guess that Dale Hunter is somewhere on that Caps bench. We can't see him right there. Uh, but I know Justin, long time with the Murray family. Uh, you know him from scouting the Ontario Hockey League. Thoughts on the success back to Wendale, which would have been fairly early on in his coaching career, Meth, just the success he's had in the Ontario Hockey League of, I think people look at the wins and losses, but producing of great hockey players and great young men. What's made Huntsy such a great coach? I um I never knew what to expect with him. Like when, when we got to London, or rather when I got to London, my first year there in 03, um, it was, everything was new. And obviously junior is a lot different than playing junior A here in Ottawa. But in any case, um, just, just a calm, cool, collected guy when he's behind the bench, right? I mean, yeah. obviously there's off-ice stuff he enjoys doing. He likes his beers once in a while. He's got... His crew Once in a while, guys. come on, like okay, that yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, but but <laughs> yeah, it, it was. But he had this thing. It was like a, it was like a good old boy club, right? Like you had the the hockey aspect, very well respected. Never questioned him. He wasn't a screamer, um, and yeah. he didn't have to, quite frankly, because he had that that stare, right, and he, that look to him where it was very intimidating, yeah. especially when you're a 16, 17, 18 year old. Um, and then after the game. He'd have his crew of London guys that would come into the coacher's office and they'd crush beers. Yeah. And that was, oh. that was Dale. Right. And, yeah. um, and, and, but, but between him and Mark Hunter, completely different people. Mark's yeah. the people guy likes to chat, still very intense, but Dale mm-hmm. maybe a bit more of a goofball sort of, if I can say that, but yeah, but very yeah. stoic behind the bench. And um, yeah, I just, I just think he just commanded a respect, you know, and you never talk back to him and, um, I mean, I get. The, I'm going up there. I'm going to be down there in, in February. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to p- put me up on their, their wall of fame, awesome. and which I thought nice. was, we're not retiring yeah. my jersey or anything no, like no, that. No, no. That's awesome. But yeah. Uh, yeah. but that'll be cool to get back there for that. But but I had an interview with him. I yeah, Joe Cool. Yeah, I interviewed Dale. Uh, not an interview. We we're just shooting the shit yeah. last year when yeah. I was doing the, the London coverage in the OHL final. And I asked him, I'm like, like, why are you still doing this? You know, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I had an idea why, but I wanted to hear it from him. But the first thing that came out of his mouth was I just like being around the kids. Like I like mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. I like being around the boys. It keeps me young. And I, I thought about that a little bit more being around that room and seeing the kids kind of talking and it brought me back a bit. It does keep you young. So yeah. um, for Dale Hunter, I mean, he's got a, it's a no brainer. They've got such a great facility there. 
it's like a small town NHL style city, right? Where they draw very well, good crowds. Um, and Dale's in total control. Dale and Mark yeah. have a monopoly there and they're doing very oh, well with yeah. it. Yeah, I think Dale, I remember when he came back just in his first year, I think he made a million two in Washington, which is good money at the time, uh, made more in London. And the yes. whole way that this kind of played out, what ended up happening to the hockey program and what was it like post game, Justin, to hop in once in a while to one of those rooms there and just have a couple of pints with the Hunter boys. Yeah, they say his suit would be off by the time the scouts could get down and he'd be had the beer cracked already. Um, yeah. And it was good to me because he, he's in the horse business too with my and my dad is as well. So there's a few different connections there. Um but yeah, it's a great program. And that team that, you know, obviously won the Mem Cup here in Ottawa was uh, something pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and also back to mine, when I first got drafted, Dale Hunter was a sure, player. And, as, as, and, and to your point and having him in an organization, like, I guess the difference, and this is a bit of perception, like he'd sit at home and have a case of beer the night before a game. It was no big deal. It was when people went out, which was kind of funny, but he always put the work in. Like it never mattered. Oh, I mean, yeah. The guy was always in great shape. You know, he'd go home and work on the farm for the summer uh, and then come back. And and I really do. And and the, to put a bit of your point, Mark, on kind of perception versus reality, like I don't think people realize he had over a thousand points in the National Hockey League. Like this guy was a hell of a hockey player, run a power play. He was a center between Stassi and uh Goulet, one of the best lines of that era. And sometimes people look at this and think, hey, you're just going to have some meathead coach. And then the other part, guys, and this is part of having the beers, that's one thing. But obviously, when the late great dad was around all the other people, the other part, and I'm assuming this is like the Murray family and meth, I didn't have this growing up. The one thing the hunters love to do is talk hockey all the time. And they they sit in that room and they'll talk trades. They'll talk about players. And in a crazy way, now you have to write some of it down to remember it. But yeah. they're actually, actually meth, they're, there's a business to it, right? And to, when you ask, well, why is Dale Hunter doing it? And I don't mean this in a bad way. What else would he do? Like he he's a hockey guy. He absolutely lives in. I mean, that, that's his his entire being as a as a person is just to be around hockey. Yeah, and and, and to that point earlier, when you talked about how he puts the work in, I can still remember we oh, had a yeah. team party uh, toward the end of the season. It could have been after we won the Memorial Cup. I don't remember. It was before everyone left town. They had a party at his house. And his son, Dylan Hunter, was on my team as well at that time. Yeah. And uh, I can remember going to the bathroom and there was a sauna right next to it. And in the sauna yeah. was like a wind bike, like one of those wind bikes. Oh, no way. <laughs> Come so this on. Animal, this animal would go in there. I'm assuming it had to have been Dale. Oh. You, oh. Using the bike, like I sauna, mine's turned on right now. Yeah. Saunas are very warm. People know this. To oh, do exercise Jesus. in a sauna is brutal. Yeah. I know Chris Chelios yeah. apparently used to Oh, do I heard that the yet. Chelios one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they loved it. So so I mean, yeah. it's just a credit to Dale. Like he he can't shut yeah. it off. I can remember seeing no. his legs. He had these oh, calves yeah. on him like he could yeah. push a truck to up a hill, you know what I mean? Yeah. So these guys they like to play, but they yeah. they worked very hard. Well, and the other thing with him was he had that perfect body type. So by the time he came with basically his sword, which was his hockey stick, it was impenetrable, right? Like, And if, if somebody wants to do some research on what suspensions were, and I was doing the TV at the time when he got the, the, the uh, Turgeon suspension, which was bad. If you ever want to Google Dale Hunter and Gord Murphy with Philadelphia, <laughs> and he jumps from the goal line with an elbow... <laughs> and knocks out Gord <laughs> Murphy, and it turns into a brawl, I'm sure it would be a whole season suspension. And when you went down the bathroom one, because here's another guy, he would, first of all, Dale Hunter, and we should interview Dale, although he'll never come on. When we used to go on a road trip, all he would have is a suit and his toothbrush in his in his pocket. That's all he would wear for the road trip. And then one of the best things he'd do, the trainer, Doug Shear at the time, one of his favorite practical jokes was going to people's houses and taking their toothbrush and shoving it up his ass and then putting it back. <laughs> 
So when you mentioned about the bathroom, I thought, well, we got to be a little careful here, right? Yeah. Another like, player uh, that did that was Jake Voracek before I lost okay. my, his oh. first year in the league. Oh. He'd have this oh. terrible suit. I'm not chirping Jake, by the way. He made a lot more yeah. money than me. But yeah. he and, and it looked like a horse brush, like oh. very oh. small. The, the bristles were all out of sorts, and he had that sucker tucked right inside his jacket pocket. That's all he brought. Didn't he have the big Beamer that looked like almost everyone had lived in it? Like, wasn't it one of those cars that everyone I, just took out whenever I they wanted? I can't speak on right? that. I can't remember that. No, but. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I mean, he was he was a character for sure. And, and, and Justin, you touched on, and it's so important because we did touch on Foreman and you touch on different players. Uh, first of all, how good was it when somebody was drafted and went to London? I, I'll ask that to you. Secondly, Mark, is, hey, how important was it at a time when, I don't know if you had thought about college at all, but for guys choosing where you're going to go and for yourself, well, I'll, I'll, let, me go to Ju- let me go to Mark first. Would you have made the National okay. Hockey League? Have you gone to London versus another crap program in the OHL? I can still remember playing uh, for the Canada Valley Lasers as a 16-year-old, and I was still trying to make up my mind um, which way to go, right? And as a mm-hmm, player, mm-hmm. for people that don't know the process, that's around the age where you have to decide which which way you're yeah. going, right? NCAA. Well, you have that transitional year, Mark, when we were younger, right, where you're in no man's yeah. land. You weren't yes. going as a 16-year-old, usually. You, were, you no. were playing Tier 2, and your buddies were off all telling you how great the OHL was. Exactly. And, <laughs> and so... So, so I, I can still remember Larry Kelly was my agent at the time and Larry was pushing me pretty hard, uh, to go the university route, right? Like that was what he thought I should do. Yeah. So he brought me to a game at St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence was playing some other team at the time. I can't remember, but I I can remember being there and being a little intimidated because these are like men, you know, you're watching 18, 19, 20, 21 and so on and so forth. So I, I, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I was, I was a B student in school at Dead Assad and then at, at Brookfield, um, so I, I had the grades. I wasn't by any means an Ivy league, Ivy league material, but I could have gone and I got some packages from Boston college, uh, BU, um, mm-hmm. all the, the upstate New York ones too. But then in the end, I think I went later on in the OHL draft because my old man had been going around telling teams when they would call <laughs> that I was going to university. And I didn't know that up until like five years ago because <laughs> I was a six round pick in the OHL. And I'm like, what the fuck? How am I a six round pick? Anyway. So, so, but, but, dad but sabotaging your draft day. Right, exactly. But it, it all worked out in such an incredible way. Like, yeah. like, you know, I'm a believer that things happen for a reason. And so I ended up going to London. John McDonald was one of the, was the head scout, yeah. Of the London Knights, he just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Rest in peace with John, but a great human being from Ottawa. Mm-hmm. He was their scout mm-hmm. or Eastern scout. Anyway, I ended up going to London uh, in the summer, kind of visiting a little bit. And I had made up my mind then and there with the John Labatt Center at the time, a brand new facility yeah. being built up. It was a perfect situation and they were very thin on defense. So mm-hmm. myself, Kyle Quincy and Danny Savret were the three 1985 guys from the same draft mm-hmm. that ended up making the team that year as, as a, as a, you know, a, a trio. 
Yeah, and all three of you might have been touch and go depending where he went. I remember we signed Danny, I yeah. believe, in, or brought him into our rookie camp in Washington and did okay. That's right. What was it like, Justin, when a player was drafted by London versus some of the other clubs? Yeah, we talked about this before, but uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you don't want to shit on other clubs, but if you had two guys kind of the same uh, level, I think uh, you always wanted to take the guy that went to the better program, whether that's in the OHL or a college mm-hmm. guy. And, and London was obviously the, the organization that produced uh, a lot of, pro players so why wouldn't you want him to go there to get good coaching uh pro practices um all that stuff yeah always a good sign too i was uh, in the ohl when windsor comp you were they got all the good american guys right a telltale sign as a kid growing up it was verdun all the way back to jimmy carson pat lafontaine but the fact if you're bringing in patrick kane uh it means you mean business probably means there's a few suitcases of money going out the door but hey that's okay as long as you don't get caught um you're good to go <laughs> Uh, let's get meth on it. We're not going to keep you forever, but a uh, quick thought on, do we have any idea what to make of the Ottawa centers these days, or is it still wait and see mode uh, as we're I, X amount of games in 12 games into the year? I, I, I was having this discussion with, uh, with Broussard the other day. Yeah. Um, just trying to kind of figure out what the team is right now. Right. And I don't know. I mean, I watched the last two nights. I watched Dallas play back to back games. Yeah. That is a hockey team. I don't know if you guys have been paying any attention to them. Yeah. And I, I I rarely watch other games. It's usually yeah. divisional games I'll be paying attention to. Maybe McDavid and the odd you know good team in the West. But yeah. I'm watching Dallas. They had a day game on Saturday, and then they played yeah. it last night uh, for their back. They beat Minnesota last night eight three. And Duchesne, Duchesne had a game like and yeah. the daddy's the daddy Simmer, your boy, the daddy. Yeah. He's yeah, it well. is wild. He's on the second line. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. like. It's, they're big, anyway, skilled, and fast. They're, yeah, they're but that's ready. what I'm saying. So the yeah. point, I, I'm not trying to deviate from Ottawa here too much, but yeah. I, I just, I watched them as a group and they're just flowing out there. Back-to-back game, the second night, and like, you mm-hmm. know, they were playing mm-hmm. very well against Minnesota. So then I go back to Ottawa and it's just, there's all, the, the story for me with Ottawa right now, and you guys, Simmer, you you guys both have great hockey minds. I'm sure you have your own opinions, but. Now we do. The, <laughs> the What I'm seeing now, there's, there's always something. There's the, oh. whether it be an injury or, you know, the Pinto situation or some inconsistency for or whatever GM reason. Getting fired. <laughs> I just don't know what it is. Like, yeah. so, so somebody tell me, like, I, I don't yeah. know what they are. I thought they'd be yeah. further along than they are at the moment. Yeah. Um, in fact, I thought they'd be closer, maybe on par with the Leafs this year. Maybe that was bold and naive of me, mm-hmm. but just with the depth they have up front now and granted, you can make some arguments on their third and fourth lines, maybe some mm-hmm. holes there. But really, at the end of the day, all teams have issues. I thought Ottawa was much more well-rounded this year. They brought in Chikrin, but then Zub got hurt. And then Forsberg had a couple struggles. Now Corpus Allo looks pretty good. It's like, I, I don't know. There's all Every game, there's an issue. So I, I'm looking for consistency. I'm just not finding yeah. it. Yeah, and to that, a few things, and I'll ask Justin, you to comment right after Mark, but when I go through that meth and I hear the coach talking about a magical trip to Sweden, first of all, what he's talking about is almost he's going to hide this idea that tactically, I understand a reset if you think getting away, and if you somehow think Ottawa has a pressure market, which we know jokingly it's not. No, it's we the don't. Market we the do not. To play in. It's a joke, uh, but this reset, but then going back to training camp, was that not the time to implement? And the biggest sign for me, you touch on Dallas, I've watched Vegas, uh, Boston, Monty's oh, yeah. doing a great job. But the biggest contrast by far is the LA Kings. Like, I, yes. I, like 
how, how do you, and, and this is where you say from an ownership or management standpoint, how do you watch that? Some of the parts Talbot versus Corpus Allo, and then not kind of scratch your head and think, okay, well, who realistically does LA have and why do they make it look so easy versus what continues to just be an absolute, uh, I have no idea what the Ottawa centers. And I said that also meth like until they rhyme off six or seven in a row, you can't take them seriously. Yeah. And that's like you mentioned LA. That was a great example that I, I was using last week as far as just the way they were playing when you're watching like a Corpus Allo and then like the, I'll, I'll use this example. And I'm not saying that Timmy's not a good, <laughs> Timmy's a stud, but if you're yeah. watching the top line centerman in Ottawa in that game, specifically when Ooh, they played LA yeah, yeah. and Kopitar who should be regressing a ton and should be a lot slower and maybe not as effective in his own end or vice versa. The way LA was playing, the way they were tracking and coming back, it was just this this well-oiled machine, and they just kept rolling and rolling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what I was waiting and looking. That's what I was looking for out of Ottawa, right? Just I'm paying attention to Brady. I'm paying attention to Tim Stutzla. I'm paying attention to Josh mm -hmm. Norris. Watching them coming back into the zone with the back pressure, that little mm -hmm. extra effort, getting the puck, forcing a turnover, going back. That was missing a little bit, and or it was a little more inconsistent. Now, mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm gradually going to gravitate towards that type of stuff when I'm making my analysis, right? I'm more defensive-minded, yeah. so I'm a little biased there, and maybe I'm being a little too critical at times. But to me, that's the biggest difference. Ottawa does not struggle at scoring goals. This no. team can score goals. The stats back it up. So where mm -hmm. are they lacking? Okay, well, you can make the argument that the structure might be off, and sure. But I wanted mm -hmm. to touch on that briefly, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this too. When I think of D-zone structure, when it comes to retrievals, when I played, there was no magic pill. Everybody kind of knew where they had to go. You had a couple options on retrievals, you know, either it was D to D up or D to D center or right up. Runners, and you always had at least one guy tracking back as a low centerman. So you had that low support. And you maybe the far winger would slash across, force the defenseman out yeah. of the zone a little bit. So, you know, like there, there was no, there was no like, um, how do I word this? Like like handbook as far as how yeah. you had to break out because hockey's it's fluid. You're always having to yeah. make decisions on the fly, right? So I would always cringe a bit when people talked about that. But then at the other hand, maybe it's not necessarily a structural issue as much as it is an, an accountability issue, yeah, right? Yeah. So if players yeah. aren't doing the job coming back and getting into those right spots, do you maybe hold those – like Pierre wasn't doing that. Pierre would not no. sit down Brady and tell Brady what to do. No offense. You know, I, I had some great interactions. Pierre Dorian? Pierre. Yeah, I'm talking about Pierre Dorian. Well, he played. He was a house league goaltender. I don't think he was going to be so, sitting down Todd. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to good on him. But no, he no, was. No, and no. I was. A, I was a goalie, so I was usually doing like the Denny Lemieux, like trade me right fucking sure. now because I, I, it was such mass chaos. But to that, Justin, and, and I think the simple formula we just talked about, Meth, it's trust though. Like it's yes. having a D partner that's not constantly putting you into trouble. It's having a centerman that's reliable. And I also feel like Justin and watch some of the games, and I watch body language. It does feel like certain players are starting to watch a Stutzla Batherson after a while. And and Justin, you just become pissed off. Like you get to a certain point of, listen, man, like I can't just keep, you know, pretending or looking the other way. You got to start supporting me because I'm going to play a certain way, counting on you to play properly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think you need your best players to play the, the proper way. And when that's not going, uh, it, when that's not happening, it, it sets the tone for the rest of the team.
No, I agree. And, and I guess yeah. this meth before we let you go, first of all, love having you on. Always nice to kind of reconnect. Um, yeah, to your point on the defenseman, and we've had lots of what, – what's your thoughts on JBD? Because uh, he is getting some minutes here, and I think we see some positive signs. Part I keep going back to is that he just continues to get manhandled, and I don't think people watch that enough. His amount of times that he has a clear puck possession and then he's completely separated from the puck or can't get it going – I don't care how many other good things you're doing on open play. That's not, you're not going to be able to survive playing that way in the national hockey league. No. And, and that, that was my assessment too. I know he's a, he's good. He's a good kid. He works as, Oh yeah. Smart player too. Does very well in the fitness testing, but he lacks to me, at least he lacks a little bit of range, lacks a little bit of bite, lacks a little bit of size. Um, You know, he's kind of like a, it's kind of like a bit of a Rover, right? Like he's not going to wow you at all offensively. Um, defensively will occasionally get beat off pucks. Uh, so I totally agree with your assessment on that one. Um, but I mean, yeah, okay. He had a, he had a pretty good game there the other night and, but he's also playing with Chikrin. So that helps, but is that enough? And so that's my question. It's like, okay, like it's okay to, to string together the odd, pretty good game, but is it good enough? Is it good enough to get your team into the postseason? Like, is this, does that look like a playoff back end right now? I don't know. I, I I need to see him play more. That's the thing. He's very good at sort of hiding a little bit. You know, you don't see him. He's not overly that flashy. He's not going to make huge egregious mistakes, but mm-hmm. it's the small stuff around the net front that you'd see occasionally, yeah. like you mentioned, like just getting beat off pucks yeah. or getting out muscled positionally. And then a team yeah. might, might get an opportunity. So I'm still torn on it. I, I, and I don't like being overly critical. No. Um, but, but it, yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you? Is that where you stay? Like, do you do you guys view him as a top four? No, no, not, no. God, not. well, no. I, I mean, I, I would actually try to slide him down into the sixth spot ahead of Hamannick, but even that's not a big deal. Uh, I would agree healthy, with that. No, but it, no, he's just a tweener player. I mean, if you're going yeah. to kind of you know look at it now, part of it is trying to support it to everything else. But I got one other question because this has got to hurt your heart. I know you mentored this Klingberg fella when he was in Dallas. Oh. And, and what I want to on there. I, I, I want to find out what what like I know it says thirty one on his birth certificate, but it, has has he done something like is something transformed where he's well, he 51? had a kid. He had a kid oh, four okay. years ago. Okay, um, so he's obviously not happy. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Look, I'm, I'm not chirping. Klinger's a great guy. And, oh, I know. I know. I mean, he follows me. We follow each other on Twitter too, and okay. so I, I, you know, I don't want to be too critical, but yeah, it's, he's his place falling off. Yeah. You know, and 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 I I do not recognize him at the moment. I don't oh, know what's yeah, going on yeah. if he's dealing with an injury. But like, the player that I saw when I was in Dallas was a very confident player, mm-hmm. more confident than any player on the team at that time. Very confident in his play. Very good skater. Laterally on the blue line, incredible. Like his first couple steps, like boom, 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 and he he'd cover mm-hmm. like you know 15, 20 feet, um, and and get, open up a lane. And he was a great disher. Um, but what happened between then and now is completely beyond me. I mean, I always say, I told my wife this and we were watching and we were kind of talking about them because she knew a lot of the wives. And oh yeah. When you have a, when you're married and you have kids and you're still in your twenties or late twenties playing in the league, mm-hmm. um, I'm, it, it affects you. It does. You when you get home from hockey and you're yeah. on your own, you lay on the couch, you recover, you're decompressing. Um, you know, no one's you're not distracted at all. Some players can handle it better than others, but having a family and still playing in a game that requires total selfishness as a human being, it just does. Because that's how hyper-competitive the NHL or any other pro league is. The best of the best from around the world. 
So, uh, you know, and some players can deal with it. Some players can't. I'm not saying that's the problem with... with no, with, no, no. But also... No, I think wise all kind of falls no, into... No, order. and unless, unless you have all the homework, guys. I mean, I look at a guy like Huberto, his situation. If you're all of a sudden Klingberg and you thought you were going to sign long-term in Dallas and you've done one year in Anaheim and one year in Toronto and you start bouncing around. So anyways, Meth, we appreciate yeah. you on the Monday here. Uh, we'll look forward to the week in Sweden watching and uh, we'll look to catch up with <laughs> you soon. Keep up the great work and uh, always great to have you on, brother. Thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate it. All right. Cheers. Cheers. All right, Justin, nice little chance to catch up with Meth and get some of the thoughts. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. Yeah, it is interesting, right? And uh, it was funny because I talked to Mark Hunter one year. I went down to the showcase tournament for Minor Midget. It was a year Konechny was playing. Nick Hamry, a, a fellow I knew, was playing. And ended up going down to watch. And I remember saying to Mark Hunter, boy, there's not a lot of good players out here. And he's like, well, you should have watched Mark Mathot when he was in this tournament back in the day meaning there's an understanding of trying to project these kids at 16, Justin, some of them are a real yes. project. Yeah. And for Mark, it wasn't like he just jumped right into the NHL, played as an overage in Columbus or in uh, London, yeah. worked his way up and God went on. And, and I guess you would have been right in the middle of when you traded for him right here in Ottawa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there, I, I preach it, but about size and strength when, when you're a little bigger kid and you might, I don't know his situation, uh, perfectly or anything like that but um you know he's a bigger guy now so he probably was a little not as developed as a younger kid you know and and those yeah, for bigger, sure those bigger do take time and and by the time they're in their prime they're on that second team a lot of the time mm -hmm. you know um and and what a player he was for ottawa um yeah. i mean he allowed eric to be eric um and was just the, the perfect compliment as a probably as a person outside the rink too but also as a player on the ice um so so he had a great career and uh, yeah. Yeah, you try to come up with the dream scenarios and and people say this, which we know is a, a, is a bunch of crap. Uh, you try to make trades to help both teams. I'm like, yeah, well, I've never worked with a manager that wanted a trade to be equal. Yeah. Uh, but I will say in the case of Foligno going to, to Columbus, played well, Mark came in. And as you yeah. said, the fit. And I think also to Mark, probably brutally honest, uh, he wasn't one of those big guys that all of a sudden was dropping the gloves all the time. So nope. in being a physical player, that's not fun at that time when he was in the OHL because expectations yeah. would have been, and not pushed by Dale, but you hit somebody. And then when you start in the NHL as a sixth defenseman, same thing, then you transition into playing with Eric Carlson. Hey, I'm here to do my job now. I'm here to play 25 minutes to compliment him perfectly. And as you said, that was Cuba leaving. And first of all, he got Cuba a boatload of cash when he went to Florida. What a yeah. perfect, as you said, and, and you can talk, Justin, all you want in rooms about guys that are going to play on a line or guys that are going to be deer pairings. That must have been just a dream scenario to, to not know for sure, but for all of a sudden, yeah. Mark to transition and play the way he did with Eric. Yeah, no, uh, completely agree. It was the perfect compliment. Um, and and that, like Eric, I'm sure would say, like would praise him so much just for allowing him to be um, what Eric was. And, and Eric, he might have been the one guy that changed the game the most in our generation. Uh, I yeah. mean, I would, from him um, playing well, you'd start to see the younger kids in the OHL or junior right wearing his number, but also trying to play like him. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was, you know, a lot of young defensemen, uh, it wasn't, they weren't as offensive up until him coming into the league for whatever reason. Um, and he kind of took the league by storm and, and uh, his style, everything. I think, uh, you know, kids, kids love that and wanted to be him. And, and now, you know, now we're flush with offensive, high offensive talent on the back end. Uh, but you look at that London Knights team. So they, I, I said the Mem Cup, but they yeah. were actually, they played Ottawa to get to the Mem Cup, uh, I believe. And I was young then. 
Um, but they had like a guy like Dan Girardi um, mm. to another, you know, defensive defenseman yeah. that had a good career. Uh, I mean, he would just high flip the pucks out all day. And mm. it was, it, it's, it's interesting because there's room for those, you know, we see those offensive defensemen now uh, and we get like, you know, eyes light up when we see them, but, but those defensive defensemen really allow those offensive defensemen to thrive and they help your team win. Um, mm. and, and I think, I, I don't know if that will ever change, but they're yeah. hard to find. Um, you know, usually later on in your career, you got to make a good trade for them. And there's a guy right now like Zadorov, who I think is that, and I think can help a team win who's asked for a mm -hmm. trade and, and, um, pair him with an offensive guy. I, th I think you're going to be happy. Yeah. You just have to figure out he's a bit of a weird cat, but as far as yeah. some of the other stuff he's able to do, you're right. Yeah. And also to Eric Carlson, I think interesting is that it allowed people, as you said, to all of a sudden look at defensemen that are six foot or under, then you yeah. put him into, then we've quickly gone through this other side, Justin, where then you get in and asking yourself, how many of those guys can you win with? And when I look yeah. at Colorado situation with, you know, they, some of the smaller players they've had, not Kale McCarr, yeah. But can you do it? And then the yeah. way Vegas is built, like it almost feels like that one player, if he is, has to be absolute yeah. superstar. He's, and it's somewhat acceptable defensively. 100%. He's got to be super dynamic, uh, change the game. Um, unless unless a guy like a Tory Krug or Vince Dunn now, you know, they play hard for their size. Uh, yeah. They're also, you know, have a good shot. Dunner is a little more dynamic now but um not not near like eric carlson that so you either have to be really hard for your size or super dynamic um i, th I think mm -hmm. that those are the only ways you can play and when we're scouting them like lane hudson i watch video for uh for grant mckeg who comes on yeah. tsn and that so i watched him and i like i loved him and i saw samuel gerard play and i did not like him at all um mm -hmm. uh, you know maybe take that one back a little bit but does he help your team win in general right now i don't know yeah. Um, but, but well, Hudson, he ended up getting hurt is the reason they won exactly, the cup. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and Lane Hudson though, he's, everyone talks about him on Twitter because he's yeah. lighting it up, but that guy is the best player on the ice every time. So, so I, that's why oh, I okay. liked him, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's, so is he closer have, to a guy like Fox with the Rangers? Yes, I think so. And those yeah. guys have to be, have to have to be the best guy on the ice or else they're not yeah. helping you win at that size. So, well, they have to run your power play. You know, yeah. one, one of the things in Toronto, it's been weird when they brought in Tyson Berry and they already had Morgan Riley. Yeah. Now you bring in Klingberg and, and yeah. Riley's not really that guy, but you're paying yeah. him to be it. It's almost like, yeah. and this, this was a relief for, for Edmonton last year when they got rid of Barry in the trade with Nashville, it had a, actually opened up for Bouchard. I don't know if you agree. Like if yeah. he's not running your power play, he's fairly useless. That that's yeah. actually his whole game. He he is not a strong defender. No, he no, he's not. And he never really was. Um, but he does have that offensive potential. You you hope as he grows as a player, he'll you know, th these offensive defensemen, they have the puck on their think about them in minor hockey. They have oh, the puck sure. on their stick their entire time. So they they're not gonna be great defenders. But you hope if they're smart enough offensively, we can teach him to be good on the right side of the puck or, or on yeah. the defensive side of the puck. Plus, he has some size. So so there's a couple yeah. things, you know, going into that, that you hope that yeah. down the road he can do that. But coming into the league, that's all, like, that's why you have him there. To, and, yeah. and that's why, you know, for multiple reasons, they wanted to get rid of Barry. But they knew they had a guy that can uh, come in and, and run the power play as well. So, yeah, and, and I think is. he's done a good job on that side, but then you, you see games where he's off of awfully bad defensively at times and yeah.
Well, and, and that's also the junior at a player, Jason Allison, way back in the day. And he, those players at junior level sometimes become one speed like we've seen with Shabbat. Then they're able to yeah. adjust because, as you said, they have the puck the whole time. On Bouchard, it's a bit of a low pulse. We should get into the league, though, and at least talk on that story. First yeah. of all, in watching Calgary and Brad Trelevin, a real nice fella. My, oh, my, what a gong show that team is going forward yeah. to the point of it, it, there's nothing to even talk about. They're not good. They're not horrible. They're not going anywhere based no. on their contracts. But were you surprised at the uh, Edmonton coaching change? And just thoughts on Knobloch, who I assume you would have known a little bit from his time in Erie in the Ontario yeah. Hockey League? Yeah, I didn't get to watch them as much because they're, you know, probably the farthest team. I did go yeah. on a road trip when my dad was And nobody in wants to go to Erie as well. No, no, but I did go to Erie and I went to a Bills game after because my dad was in Buffalo. But, um, you know, you look at the record, winning record in the AHL. Are they doing things just to please Connor? I don't think Connor's asking for this, but they, mm -hmm. you know, they got Jackson, then they do this. So are they just trying to please them instead of going and just getting the <laughs> best coach? Like, is, there's some good coaches out there. Like, I don't think those guys are turning down the Edmonton job. I could be wrong, but mm. why not go get uh, the best coach possible instead of a guy? Well, he coached McDavid. I mean, any coach could coach McDavid. Like, let's mm -hmm. be serious. Mm. So um, I, I, I wonder what they're doing there. Um, and, you know, Edmonton kind of was always called the old boys club there for a bit. And it seems to be they're just doing the exact same thing. And, and history will likely repeat itself and, and not yeah. improve. Um, that said, Connor's probably hurt right now uh, or injured a little bit, so he's not himself, but they need to get going quick. They're eight points out, I think, of the playoff spot with a couple <laughs> games in hand. Um, we know with that team, they could go on a quick run with with the firepower, but something needs to, needs to change here, um, and I'm not sure this is the best hire, but um, yeah. yeah. He's he certainly uh, interesting, I guess, in the path. A few things. Jeff Jackson worked with him in Toronto. Yeah. People that understand, Jeff was an agent, uh, agent for Connor McDavid, for Connor Brown. Uh, I don't know if it was Zach Hyman he ended up having, but he, he's had a bunch of the clients, uh, which are some awkward situations. Then you're handpicked by the owner and Jeff Jackson. Now, very intelligent, very bright guy. A few things here when I look at this, uh, Justin, is that when people talk about a player trying to police a room, McDavid's personality reminds me a little bit of Wayne Gretzky. And Wayne Gretzky generally would not challenge coaches or go directly at a coach. He would go via the general manager and in, in a roundabout way because he didn't want to be the bad guy he would make changes happen. And in the case of Connor McDavid, first of all, there's absolutely no doubt that he didn't have a whole lot of faith in what was happening with Woodcroft because Jackson has his ear. He's one of his best friends. And now you bring in a coach like this speaks to the fact that Connor McDavid can't get anybody else to clue in. And maybe he has to clue in himself. Uh, and well, I also well, say to, yeah. and I got some, got some flack on Twitter and I had to take it down, but I don't mean to kick on Woodcroft when he, when he's been fired, but don't you see a beaver every time you see him? Like I, I just see kind of like, you know, this kind of, and then the other fella, I don't know if that's like a 12 inch neck and not that that matters on being a good head coach, but I, I would be, I'd probably be doing some more shrugs or doing something there because <laughs> I honestly can't take that guy seriously. Hopefully he's put on some weight uh, since he went to the American league, kind of beefed up a little bit, it got better, but they transition in. And then I'll say, if they don't get the goaltending, Justin, does it even matter? And I guess, does that go hand in hand? Are they going to try the so lockdown well, system now to well, try to get this thing going? And does, is that even <laughs> going to work? You know, it's, it's like we just said, your best players have to be the guys leading the way. And I think that's why, uh, Pittsburgh always did so well when Sid Sid is your 
best player, but your hardest yeah. working. The accountability is outstanding. hundred percent. And so, so <laughs> you already go and it's Connor McDavid. He's the most talented hockey player in the world, but, but you have to start going, you know, does he have to play that other side of the puck overemphasize yeah. it to, yeah. to, to set up for the team, you know, and, and, and other good players went through that. I mean, Stevie Y went through that obviously yeah. with Brian being a part of that. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, but um, it's a means to the end. And, and if playing, playing better defensively will help your mm. team win. I, I mean, it, yeah. it's been proven and um, hit like Edmonton should score regardless as well. Kind of like the Ottawa Senators. So um, yeah. I think you're, I mean, I think you might over you overdo the defensive side of the puck just to prove a point and, and instill yeah. that in them um, and set up good habits. But I mean, this, this team has done well in the playoffs. They've won playoff rounds. Um, obviously they haven't got to the Stanley cup or anything, but, but with some saves in that, they should be back on track and, and uh, a little change up in the room, um, might get them going. Yeah, I agree. And also on Connor McDavid. And, and it's funny because the maturity of a Steve Eiserman, not the biggest guy in the world, Justin, but he made the adjustment. I still look at Connor McDavid and he's such a light hockey player. Is he really capable of playing that way or wants to? And then is there a more miserable human being on the planet? Because people always say, are you going to break up or what's going to happen in Edmonton if they do poorly? Like, do you think Leon Dreisaitl, if he never does another press conference in Edmonton, that he'd just be more than happy to go somewhere? Like the snarl on that guy's face and especially having to go through all the losing stuff right now, does he not look like he's just one of the reasons why he'd be like, listen, I just want to go play in Florida or California. I don't want to deal with this on a daily basis. Yeah. I think that's the German in them too, a little bit, little oh, yeah. that's German. Good point. Good point. I got a little that in me at times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I get it. Um, it's just, it's the same song and dance at all times. Um, things aren't going well. It is what yeah. it is. We got to get back on track. So um, that's kind of where he's at, I think. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting though. Like, I mean, they're always a great watch for me and probably yeah. everyone else in the and, league. And, and I also... Yeah, you go back to the Darnell Nurse contract and for right. what a guy like that pr provides. Like, you're like, what are you doing? Like, and, and I guess also to the point, big picture, Justin, is that you can say whatever you want about the players. And I think some of the moves they've made to bring people in have not been bad. No. But I still don't look at them as a cup contender. So the point being, I, in the salary cap era, the goaltender, if you had gone out and found that best goaltender, I'm a big Gorgiev guy or been creative with it, you went after Jack Campbell. So you yeah. made your bed with that. And when you look at the lineup itself, I don't see this all of a sudden coming together no, and, no, and I, then I mean, you keep, one, keep, keep saying, well, what else are you going to do? There's one, there one team that obviously the rising cap or the supposedly yeah, rising yeah. cap should help. Good um, point, yeah. yeah. But, but I, and they have younger guys too, that should improve. You know, you got your Bouchards that you hope gets better the McLeod's uh, Holloway. Yeah. You hope that those guys provide some depth um, because your, your top guys are kind of locked in. Um, and you're going to have to figure out how to get out of that Jack Campbell situation because yeah. that 5 million could get a pretty good goalie. I, I, I would assume oh, um, yeah, that that's hard when you're saying, and, and the other part too, like, I don't think they've drafted a goaltender since Grant Fuhrer. That's 1981. Well, you had, yeah, it, it, well, yeah, but I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. One year, one, yeah, yeah, one year. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, Devin okay. Dubnik, they drafted in the first round, became yeah. a good goaltender on his 10th yeah. team with Minnesota point being you bought in Cujo, you had, you know, uh, uh Rollis, and they've had some goalies come through that have been okay but it has been the Achilles heel forever. Some of the 100%. drafting that they did or didn't do on the misses, what you're trying to end up accomplishing. And then 
you've lived in this market, but Edmonton, I think, is one of the kinder media markets. At the same time, because they build it up so much, Justin, it also feels like when all of a sudden there's no more giving, that all of a sudden it just collapses. And yeah. how hard is it in a smaller market like that? A coaching change always gives you a bit of relief, but how hard is it to not basically drown in the negativity of what's yeah. happened in Edmonton and, right and, now? And obviously, they, I think they get national or, you know, North American pressure because of Connor McDavid. Yeah, um, great point. And we're, we're talking about them right now other than yeah. other teams, right? So um, I think they have that, whether they hear that pressure or not. But um, I think everyone really wants Connor. Like, it'd be great to see Connor McDavid in the Stanley Cup finals. It'd be yeah. great for the green, him and Leon out there flying. That would be that would be something to watch. Um, I think it would be great for the league. So I think there's there's that pressure of people wanting him to be there because they know that it would be good for the sport um the local market yes uh, uh it just seems like there was nothing else to do you know you can't you can't change anything the cap hasn't gone up at all mm. you're stuck in your shitty contracts that you have so <laughs> the coach is getting it yeah exactly and i i would wonder from a league standpoint even back to gretzky okay the impact of gretzky at edmonton's fine nothing like when he went to la when i look at even in austin matthews toronto being different boy how much would the rest of the national hockey league you know had Sidney crosby gone to an american team or ovi for that matter uh, wouldn't end up being the same but anyways that's been a long monday uh, happy to have good old Mark Mathod in there. Great yeah, to have awesome. you back, Justin. Uh, lots of guests this week. Tomorrow we'll end up having Cheryl Pounder on. Continue Perfect. to talk some of the sense. She does such a great job. So for everybody out there, brother, uh, have a Monday. Uh, be safe on the roads if you haven't got the tires changed. We'll look forward to talking tomorrow. And don't forget, stay classy, Ottawa. Until next time, over and out. See, I had to read that, Justin. But at yeah. one point, <laughs> we'll kind of get the natural. answer round down. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Enjoy your rest of your day, brother. Yeah, and uh, we'll you. talk to you tomorrow. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Simmer Down with Sean Simpson on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.